You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Slow Down Society. We are on episode number 105, and I am thrilled to have Beth back with me today. So you have heard of Beth because she was on the show a while ago, and then she came up again in a codependency episode. But today, she's back to share a little bit of a before and after because she worked with me three years ago. And the way I walk my coaching clients through their kind of life transformation or peace pyramid transformation is through a three-year plan. And that's because overhauling your whole life in a year, it's not really practical. And your brain is like, ha, nice try. There's no way we can do that. And a five-year plan is fantastic in theory, but also your brain's like, eh, I have all the time in the world. I don't have to actually do something. I'll just keep delaying, delaying, delaying. So that's why we do the three-year plan. And then I also really like this kind of gardening metaphor when it comes to making long-lasting, overhauling life changes, whereas in the first year, it sleeps. So if you're planting a new crop, all of the happenings is happening below soil. You don't know what's going on. It's, It's sleeping. And then the second year, your vine or your tree or your crop starts to creep. And then in the third year, it leaps. And that is where Beth is. And Beth, thank you. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story with us. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> okay. So talk to me. Where where was Beth of three years ago when you decided, okay, I'm ready. I, I want stuff to have another pair of eyeballs on my brain. Yes. Um, well, three years ago, I was um, struggling. Oh, I would say struggling financially. I would definitely say that. Um, I wasn't in danger of losing my home or anything like that. And I was feeding my child and our cats. So, I mean, nobody was starving, but it was struggling. I had a full-time job a part-time job, a part-time job, and a position on our village council. So I was busy and I was luckily lucky enough that my daughter was old enough that she could be on her own at times. And she understood the meetings and she understood the timing and that kind of thing. Um, but really, I wished for a different way to do things, a different way. Um, and so I started addressing things with coaching help from staff. <laughs> and um, got a, um, some things in line in my head and um, did the work. And here I am in a little bit different situation, um, kind of an exciting situation at this point, um, which, you know, we'll get to all of those details. So, okay. So if you had to just sort of pinpoint it in one adjective of a feeling, three years ago and and I'm and I've 
got your entire file here. I, I have all your paperwork because while we do everything digitally, I'm old. So I like to print things out and write on Paper. your forms and highlight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I can feel that. Yep. <laughs> so uh, what was your adjective three years ago? Gosh, I don't remember what I said three years ago, but what I would say now, looking back three years ago, I don't know that it's actually an adjective, but I would say buried. 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 I think so. The I, feelings, the stress. Yeah. Yeah. I would say buried looking back. Yeah. Yeah. And today, what is your I would body say feeling? thriving. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is a fantastic transformation. Okay. So buried, we've all had that feeling of kind of feeling like you're drowning, like you're overwhelmed. There's mm-hmm. too much to do, not enough time to do it. Um, okay. All right. So I have your paperwork of where you are right now and then where you want to be in three years. Are you okay if I read some of what you had written? Absolutely. Because it, that might be nice to you know, like I said, I don't know that I remember what I wrote back then. So that would be a great reminder. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So for time management, you said you have good intentions of using your time wisely, but you often find yourself scrolling mindlessly on your phone. (laughs) That is no longer true. Wow. Okay. So what shifted there? Um, I think the spending my time wisely. I, I do um, fill my time more. And in the background, I will listen to a podcast or listen to an audio book. Um, but the scrolling has slowed down compared to then I I still scroll. Like I'm not going to lie about that, but it's much less, much less. I I scroll too. I, I, so, so, so please don't anyone think, or you think Beth that I never scroll. It's, I mean, we all have thumbs. That's what thumbs were right. <laughs> right. And sometimes you do just need to check out for 10 minutes or so. And scrolling is a good way to do that. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you also, I know at the time we're getting up at 420 and leaving mm-hmm. the house at 630 for a job that you didn't maybe like. Is that sound right? Um, a little bit. That's right. And a little bit. No. Yes. Still getting up at 420. And that was the same. Now I leave at six and that's still the same, but that job is my favorite job. That is my full-time receptionist job at a car dealership where I have really great coworkers, really great management. I mean, it's a great job. And that um, job, I just had my anniversary on Sunday for 22 years at that job. Oh, wow. What a yeah. fantastic mindset shift. I love it. I love it. I love my job. I love my coworkers. I love that I get mm-hmm. to go there every day and they pay me and I get to mm-hmm. help people. Good for you. Yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. Yep. That's fantastic. So I want to poke fun at the 420. I think it's hysterical <laughs> that you get up at 420. I think it's hysterical. And I live in the Bay Area. So there's a lot of 420 references all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah. And my daughter, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't probably. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to wade into that. But yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Okay, health. Um you said you were overall in good health. You have annoying mm-hmm. aches and pains, but you hate the way your underwear feels is what you typed in. <gasps> I typed that? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, um I no longer feel that way. So I must have lost a little bit because my underwear fits better now. 
Um, and overall health at this point is still pretty good. I did have a little surgery on the bottom of my right foot because I had a cyst. And so just a little thing taken out, I had to wear, I called it my fancy shoe. It was a little Velcro contraption to keep any pressure off the front of my foot so I wouldn't create scar tissue and then have the same problem over and over. So I wore that fancy shoe for three weeks and everything seems to be going well with that. Um, That was part of my annoying aches and pains back then. I'm sure. I'm sure that that was a big part of it. And then um, additionally, right now, I do have an iron deficiency that I'm addressing and I'm trying to address it without getting an iron infusion. Okay. I'm trying to address it with timing my vitamins better, not having caffeine, i.e. my favorite coffee with my vitamins, especially with my iron vitamin. Um, I'm learning that that um, can inhibit some absorption and Obviously, I'm not trying to be anybody's doctor, but I'm learning these things for myself because I need to address it. Like I said, I'm trying to do it without an iron infusion because it's a costly procedure. And I'm just trying to, of course, then with addressing it with food, I'm throwing kale or spinach into almost everything I eat. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm just trying to do the leafy green thing and and vitamin awareness and that kind of stuff. Good. So Because you yeah. do need extra fiber. With iron. And I only know because I'm fascinated by poop. So there you go. it's <laughs> well, a real thing. It is a real thing. And, you know, a person can tell when they're doing well and when they aren't with what they eat by the resulting poop. So here we are. <laughs> here, here we are. Here we are, <laughs> here we are with that. <laughs> so I want to give you a gold star for your choice of vocabulary and mindset and action in calling your Velcro shoe a fancy shoe. Because well, I really. Yes, because- yeah. Yeah, I really think switching the way we call things and interpret things has so much of of this large halo effect in our life um, that it's a fancy shoe. You, you're mm-hmm. right. You're, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and think about how many people in your same situation would be like, "Oh God, this thing is stupid, and it, I hate it, and it's itchy, and the Velcro makes noise." And and no, right, right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, additionally, I couldn't drive with that shoe on. There was some kind of warning and I don't know what would have happened, but I wasn't going to risk it. So every time I get in the car, I'm taking the shoe off. When I try to get out of the car, I'm taking putting that back on. And so then also I was very appreciative of whoever invented Velcro, (laughs) because if I would have had to tie it every time, I would have been more annoyed. But, you know, Velcro made it fast, fast, fast. And when you're trying to run out, just run into a store real quick. There wasn't anything very quick about it at that point with this fancy shoe, but Hey, I got it done. It was only three weeks. It's over. So That's wonderful. I'm proud of you. I'm Thank you. you. Okay. Finances. So, um, you've had a lot of gold star wins along the way from where you were to where you are now with your finances. Yeah. Yep. Um, back, back then when we talked, um, I remember that it was pretty recently after I refied my house into my own name. So even though I had said earlier, I was in a struggle, I still had the wherewithal and the awareness. Um, interest rates were low and I thought, man, I better snag that before COVID changes that, which we're seeing today. COVID seriously changed the interest rates available to homeowners and refi people and car loans and all kinds of things. That's very different than it was then. Um, So I was happy with that. Very happy with that. Um, And then today, additionally, I 
can buy gas in the middle of the week if I need to. But if I run around a lot and and prior to that, it was like, well, do I have five bucks to throw in the tank? I mean, seriously, it was like that at that mm. time. And it's not like that anymore. And I'm pretty proud of that. I'm more comfortable. I'm less um, less antsy. And I still check my bank app regularly to know where I'm at just in case something snuck in or snuck out. Or, um, But I, I'm less apprehensive, I guess I want to say about it. I, I know what I'm going to see when I check the bank app. And I'm very rarely surprised, which is a good thing because you don't want a bad surprise when you're checking your banking. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, that that's fantastic. And, and keeping your eyes on that and knowing the numbers instead of putting your head in the sand is such an empowering feeling to just do the work. And you're absolutely correct about the refi during COVID. So you were aware enough to realize this is a fantastic interest rate and I'm going to jump on it and do it instead of waiting and not taking action. So it's a, it's a, when you have a good idea and you can tell it's a good idea because it sits in your body so well, and then you take the action, it usually works out versus when um, you kind of ignore those nudges and that intuition. And then later you wished you, or, or some people would have wished that they took action. So I'm proud of you for just doing the work. And and we know it's an awful lot of paperwork. It's not a fun process. Yeah, it actually does take about a month of your time. It's paying attention. It's going back into your files and presenting things to the bank and pay stubs and tax report, tax forms and just, you know, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of finding. It's a lot of figuring out how to do digital signing. I never had done anything like that. But being that it was during COVID, there's a lot of digital signing. And I upped my tech game a little bit by doing that kind of stuff. So you can look at things as a pain in the butt, or you can look at it as an opportunity for a better future. Yeah. And put in the work now for what yeah. you got out of it afterwards. I mean, you just, you just got to weigh that option there. Yeah. So you're, you're obviously right. I, I, I'm tickled because you have so much sparkle in your voice right now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I just, Oh, I wish I could just hug you through the computer. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you, Steph. I would hug you right back too because I appreciate the help. Well, I, do. I feel when I when I look back at it, I I think, oh, okay, Beth, boy, I made you cry, and I didn't mean to, and I just wish. <laughs> well, that's you're like, thing. oh, poor Beth. Every time she's on the phone with me, I'm bringing up all of like this stuff that she's got to do, and she doesn't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> well, let's try to get through this one without crying because I have worked on that also, and I have become better with that. So. So hopefully we'll have a whole conversation and I won't cry. <laughs> <laughs> Crying can be cleansing. So it's okay. It is cleansing. Yeah. Okay. So you liked your organization. You didn't even want me to talk to you about that. So you wrote, I'm fine. <laughs> well, and that's, that was true then. And I'll tell you something. Um, I'll give you the short version of this story. I did meet a new person that mm. I'm in a relationship with. Yes. And we that is the together. next quadrant. And I am so excited because yeah. yes. Okay. So let's skip over organization. Cause you're fine. Let's jump right on in. Of no, I wanted to tell you something about. Organization. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I this, got this is why I got out. a two star of 
Steph interrupts her guests. Sorry, I won't do that no, no, anymore. No, it's fine. <laughs> you didn't know where I was going, so that's okay. But in my head, I was going with, okay, so there's a new person in my life, and he's very organized, mm-hmm. very organized. And and um, when I saw how he lived, I was like, boy, I don't know if I'm this organized, you know. And so what, then when we were combining households, and I had to go through every cupboard and Uh, We went through the garage and the shed and the attic of the garage. And then it was really shown to me (laughs) that while I, my stuff is organized, I do keep a lot of things that I don't need any longer. So now, now I can say I'm organized. I'm fine. (laughs) We don't need to talk about it because now I actually am organized and pretty much everything's purged. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So So I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you now. And I agree with you then. If you had a system that you weren't worried about and didn't make you feel uncomfortable or guilty in any way that, oh, I'm hanging on to stuff and I shouldn't, you are fine. You're like, whatever. There's, there's more important things for me to worry about right now. Oh, true. 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 Yeah. That's a good way to say it. There are, there were more important things than And, you know, now I've got everything cleaned out. We're starting fresh together and we are combined and it's working. Okay. So So. talk to me about your, about this relationship because three years ago, um, you did not have that. I didn't. Um, I had been divorced for about 12 years and I had a couple different relationships in that meantime or whatever. And each time I would find, hmm, this is not working. We don't have the same vision. Um, not to get into specifics or whatever, but a person knows when something isn't working. And I knew when things were not working. Um, but this person, um, we have a lot more in line. We gel on many topics. And the topics that we are different on it's okay. It's a tolerable difference. It's not a knockdown, drag out, anything drastic. You know, it's it's tolerable differences. And some of the things that I see that were different, they kind of make me chuckle because I'm like, I could not be so relaxed about that. Mm. And he's relaxed about something that I couldn't be. And I'm just like, well, maybe I can learn here. You know, things are not such a big deal. And I find the reverse is true. Some things I just don't worry about and he worries about it maybe for me or whatever. You know, I I just feel super comfortable. I feel very secure. I have no issue of doubt. I don't feel any doubt. Um, I just feel super comfortable. Um, I feel like it's okay to be vulnerable with him. And uh, I, I don't know how else like I'm just super happy. And I just appreciate the life that I get to live these days. You know, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to know that you can be exactly who you are and not pretend in any way and not feel fearful that you're going to be found out. Um, I'm I'm really proud of you. I'm really, I'm so thrilled that you get to have this life experience. Thank you. Yeah, because that's that's a good way to put it, too. There's no fear of being found out of uh, like I had been pretending because I'm not pretending. I'm just being me. And he likes me. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Right. You're pretty awesome. Right. I keep telling him I tease him sometimes and I say, well, I am a pretty cool chick, you know. <laughs> Holy yeah. cow. 
Holy yeah. cow. Who are yep. you? Right. Well, apparently I'm a pretty cool chick. So <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Wow. Okay. So peace. Um, you wrote a teensy bit about working um, around uh, with some mom stuff. Um, so mm. that the ball's in your court of what you want to tiptoe into or, or not into. Um, but that was weighing on your mind at the time. Oh, at the time. Yes. Um, I'm sure that I was worried about <clears throat> maybe we're not going to get through this without crying, but that's not your fault. <laughs> Talking about my daughter is very close to my heart um, because I only have the one and I really didn't want to mess her up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I'm sure that at that time I was worried about uh, impressing upon her the importance of money, but I didn't want it to be because we didn't have it. I wanted it to be because I wanted her to know that she could earn her own and and have her own power, have her own money. I didn't yeah. want her to have to rely on someone as I was just now learning that myself when I was, what was I three years ago, 47. I was learning that then. I wanted her to learn it earlier. Although now I do recognize that when someone is telling you something to try to teach you a lesson, you almost still have to learn the lesson yourself anyway. So what she took from me about money, I don't know what her future is going to look like as far as that goes. She's just now out of high school. She's at the beginning of her quote unquote real adult life. So she's got a lot of things to experience ahead of her. Mm -hmm. And I guess also at the time I didn't want to taint her expectation of what she could do. I, I did not want to be the person that if she presented an idea that she had, I didn't want to be like, Oh, I don't think that's going to be able to happen. I wanted to be like, "Mm, how can we make that happen? And that wasn't the mom that I was at the time, but that's the mom I wanted to be. And I think that's the mom that I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'm, I'm super proud of where she is right now. Um, she doesn't even live with me anymore. She lives with her boyfriend. So I think that's a a step anyways. And um, yeah, whether that lasts or if that's her for life relationship. I mean, I don't know that. Maybe no. she doesn't know that right now. But right now she's experiencing that. And that's good. That's good. Experiences count for a lot. Yeah, they really do. You're a good, you're a good mom, Beth. Um, Thank you. And I'm glad that she gets to have that experience. And a lot of when you're parenting and and anyone listening, when you're parenting, you have this worry and fear that you're doing it wrong. And especially if you're not solid and healed in who you are, and healed from how you personally were parented, sometimes a lot of stuff comes up there and that you're fearful that you're going to be making mistakes based upon how you were parented and, and how you were raised and, and taking the time to really kind of 
fluff that stuff up. So when I think about like mindset work and and things that might be repressed that you have to deal with, growing up, we had fish tanks and my dad would say, oh, we need to clean the fish tank. And I would look at it and to me, the fish tank looked clean, but then he would put his hand in and swirl the aquarium rocks and all this gunk would come up. That's mm. the, that's the work is <laughs> dealing with the gunk. So, gunk. yeah. So I know you and I did a lot of kind of, um, I gave you some, some assignments to do some reading on inner child work. And I know, mm-hmm. um, that was your gunk. Does that sound yeah. about right? You know, that's a really great analogy for that because it is because the gunk settles and you don't see it, don't have to look at it every day, but then sometimes something will come along and swirl it up and then you're right back where you were. That's like the perfect analogy for that stuff. That's I really great. Yeah. I, I, I was your gunk swisher. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's what, that's what you're meant to do. And, and then getting the gunk swirled up so you have to look at it again, that can help you deal, you know, or, or lead you in a direction of healing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's and, really it, and, it's, and it's interesting because um, coaching is taking you from where you are to where you want to go. And it's mm-hmm. not, it's not therapy in that you're like dealing with a whole bunch of stuff from, from the past and the inner child work that you did was only for you. You didn't need to go confront anyone in your past or, or do anything because it was all about taking you from where you are to where you want to go. And for some people, it's just a journaling exercise and they move through it really quickly. For some people, it's a few weeks or months or, or it could be years and years. But what's fascinating to me is I've got your file here. I guess you and I actually only work together for four weeks. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it, w- it was pretty short, but it was powerful. <laughs> okay. And actually, I, I can give you an illustration of some of the work that you quote unquote assigned me to do. Okay. Because I remember speaking with you about feeling responsible for so many things that are what you told me were not my job. <laughs> was right? it not my, not my circus, not my monkeys? <laughs> yes, it was along that line. Yes. <laughs> It's not my job to make sure that everyone has everything that they need. It's their job to ask me, hey, can you help me get this? I'm speaking of things at work. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have a staple remover. Can we get one? Absolutely. But how am I supposed to know you need a staple remover unless you tell me? For some reason, I thought that I was responsible for guessing people's needs and anticipating people's needs. Anticipating is a key word here for me. Anticipating people's needs and then meeting those needs. And then having everyone be happy around me. Well, I can't do that. It's not a possible thing to do. And not everyone's going to be happy because they got a staple remover. You know, it takes more and I can't provide everyone's happiness. But for some reason, I thought I should anticipate unhappiness and then correct it. And um, this line of thinking led me to remember a incident at my grandparents' house when I was a little kid. I don't know how old I was at this time, but we were invited to spend over, spend the night, have a sleepover, my sister and I, our little brother, and some cousins. I would say there were probably eight grandkids there at the time. And um, I was 
with my older cousin and my uncle, because we do have an uncle that's only three years older than we are. So he is pretty well in our same age range. Um, and we were listening to records. Um, that was like the big deal when we were kids. If we could go um, hang out with our uncle and listen to his music and count his money. I don't know why, but he had this change jar and he would let us count his money. But when you're a little kid, <laughs> you don't have money and someone who has money, you get to count it. You know, you're excited. So yeah. just these little things. And I was having a good time at the sleepover. But then when it was time to put jammies on and um, we were going to have popcorn and watch a movie or some such. And this was way back then. There was no VCR. It must have been a movie that was going to be on TV. Like we, I know that it wasn't Netflix. I'm for sure it wasn't because, you know, I'm, I just turned 50. We didn't have Netflix when I'm six right. or seven or eight. Right? No, you, you were going to Blockbuster or to the independent guy down the street if even that i don't even know if we had that (laughs) i don't even know but um but anyway so my grandpa pulls me aside and tells me that he is so disappointed in my behavior tonight and that why didn't i help grandma get the little kids jammies on them and why didn't i help her wrangle them and why wasn't i being helpful and how, how could i just just neglect any responsibility. And I was so confused about that stuff because I thought I was going over to a sleepover to have fun with my cousins. Mm. And no one told me that I was supposed to be the helper. Oh, I maybe should say that I was, I am the oldest grandchild on both sides of my family. Okay. So I've been the oldest sister. I've been the oldest grandchild. I've been the person with the responsibility, but this was before I was given that kind of responsibility, but apparently stuff I should have anticipated that my grandma needed my help or wanted my help, but my grandma didn't say she wanted my help and my grandpa didn't tell me to help her, but I got in trouble after not helping her. And I have pinpoint that that is when I learned that I should be anticipating people's needs, meeting their needs. And correcting. Yeah. But I was just a little kid. How was I supposed to really know that? You weren't. You you weren't. Now I know that I wasn't supposed to know that. Now I know that that was more him than me. Yeah. And and I I knew him. He didn't pass away until I was in my 30s. So I did know him a very long time. Not really yeah. remembering that situation, but other situations I do recall. Yeah. Thinking, wow, you know, just just wow how he treated people or whatever. And not to say he was a totally bad guy, but just really gruff. Really yeah. just a man of his time. Yes. You know, that's how things were then. And yes. Um, super straightforward, not sugarcoating anything. And he didn't pull me aside and say, you know, next time when you're over here for the sleepover, we would appreciate your help. The right. grandma is exhausted by these little ones. And you know, again, here, I didn't invite all the kids over. (laughs) That wasn't me. That was them. Yeah. I I just, I just didn't understand why I was in trouble. I didn't get it. But that talking to Mm -hmm. stuck with me once I kind of remembered about it, you know? Yeah. I ended up writing an essay about that. It's not published anywhere, Mm -hmm. but I did write it all down because, you know, journaling. (laughs) Yeah journaling helps doing doing the work is messy and it stirs up 
an awful lot of stuff. And what I try, what I, what I've tried to impart on you and and with other people that I work with is um, this idea of when different things trigger you, you have the tools to go back and kind of shine a flashlight on what just happened here. So then you're not repressing that 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 flash, that uncomfortableness, and then maybe lashing out inappropriately at work or lashing out at your daughter or lashing out at the person who cut you off in traffic. So right. I, yeah. So I know yeah. that I asked you to um, do some inner child work reading. So I'm just going to say this out loud for anyone on the podcast um, to take notes. Um, because if, if this, if Beth's story sounded familiar to you, um, First off, please know that you're not alone. We were all raised by a different generation of parents who literally were not as globally aware as we are now. And being able to see them as the flawed humans they were because of the way they were brought up and their socioeconomic upbringing and and their church and, and all of this stuff, they were who they were. And coming to peace with that is is such a powerful thing for us now as full-fledged adults. So the inner child work that I know I had you do was through Louise Hay, and she's got a book called Healing Your Inner Child. She also has another book on mirror work, and I think I had mm-hmm. you do that. Um, in yeah. the last year, so uh, I haven't told you about this book. Um, but in the, in the last year, another book has come up and it's, um, it's by a clinical psychologist, Lindsay Gibson, and it's adult children of emotionally immature parents, how to heal from distant rejecting or self-involved parents. And one, it's a great book. It's an easy book to read. Um, and it, and it takes a whole bunch of different ideas and it has a lot of Louise Hay stuff, but Louise Hay is a bit woo. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. She's a bit out there. So if you're more clinical and, and, um, and want the science and want the data and, and want the research, um, this Lindsay Gibson book, um, walks you through essentially the exact same things you did, but with data and, and science to back it up and, and oh. not um, woo. And by, by woo, I um, look at it as kind of spiritual self-help. You can heal your life if you can um, take charge of your thoughts and whatever you're living is because you had a thought and the thought manifested into reality. So I don't believe that because in real life, stuff happens that you can't control. And the idea that you can puppet master absolutely everything in your life is redonkulous. Um, so, I, so I pick and choose <laughs> of, of what, I, what I like and what I don't like. And I never want anyone to think that the reason they have a debilitating illness or a natural disaster or their roof blew off is because they thought a negative thought. No, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. 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 There's only oh. so much responsibility. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes they things just, just happen. I would like to circle back to your 50th birthday. 
because oh. I know you had a lot of anxiousness of of where you were at mm-hmm. 47 to where you wanted to be at 50. And mm-hmm. so how did it all work out for you? 50 was a fun birthday. Um, I actually made one of those kind of, I don't know, covid yard signs, honk, I'm turning 50. So I put that in my front yard. And so my neighborhood got to hear all the honks (laughs) during the day. Um, When I went to work for that day, I didn't get to hear all of them that went on during the day. But yeah, that was very fun having those honks. I don't know, just something fun to do and didn't cost anything. You know, it's, there's no price to pay for that. And, you know, everybody gets a laugh, you know, oh, look, she's happy. She's turning 50. (laughs) Yeah, right. So can we talk a little bit about your neighborhood and your town and what you're doing there? We can. Yes, we can. Um, Actually. So I've been a part of where I live is called a village. It's the village of Bloomdale. But um, in my little village, I've been a part of our village council since 2016. So that's quite a few years. Um, I didn't know too much about going into it. But again, what you might know is that nobody knows what they're doing until they start doing it. Mm-hmm. That's something cool to remember. Um, so I learned about how to be a council person. And for the past two years, I've been the president of the council, which doesn't require so much difference as being a council member, um, except for that there's a little bit more emails and meetings to go to, you know, if I wanted to, which I do. I like to participate in that kind of stuff. And I like to be part of the decision-making process and um, leading into that, our mayor isn't going to run for another term. He decided his boys are getting older and he's ready to, you know, just not be mayor anymore. He wants to make more time for different things in his life. And that's fine. People make decisions based on other parts of their life and you've, you've, you know, just roll with it. Life is many phases. So he's going to be out of the phase of being the mayor. So I circulated a petition, got my neighbors to sign it. And I filed a petition on August 1st to be on the ballot in November to run for mayor of my little village. Yeah. And um, I could say to myself, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be a mayor, which would be true in some cases, although I've watched him for several years. But I can also say, well, he probably didn't know how to be mayor before he was the mayor either. And then he learned. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm going to do. What an amazing turn of events. Would would Beth of three years ago ever in a million years imagine that you'd be running for mayor? No, that Beth would (laughs) not have. Nope, nope, nope. So um, I do see one thing... If I would win and I would become mayor, I would no longer have a vote on the things that the council votes on. So I'm kind of bummed about that. I won't be able to vote on anything unless there's a tie and then I would be the tiebreaker vote. Okay. So there's a concession to doing it. And there's also going to be some some things that I've never done before. And some will be exciting and some will be scary. And some will be like, man, I wish this wasn't my job. I'm sure of that. But um but I'm ready to embrace it and give it my best shot. So uh, yeah. I would absolutely vote for you if it was legal. Oh, thank you. I'd if fly on legal. in. And, yeah. If it was legal. <laughs> 
So is your idea to, to like campaign wise? So you have, now when you say November, do you mean this year, November or a yeah. year from now, November? Okay. No, November. I think it's November 8th is that Tuesday that okay. we're all voting. Like it's the general election all across America. And in my area, the people that live in my area, our ballots will look like mayor for Bloomdale, blah, blah, blah. So, wow. and then they get to make their choice. So, okay. uh, oh, and you did ask about campaigning. Um, for villages, you don't have to declare a party. You don't have to campaign. Campaign. If I wanted to campaign, I would have to do paperwork and file a campaign report because if I took in any money for donations in order to buy signs or to make flyers or you know anything that costs any money requires more paperwork. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that in this town. It's mm-hmm. a small place. Mm-hmm. Um, people probably already know who they want to vote for for mayor without any campaigning. Um, it's not, it's definitely not a presidential election here. <laughs> it's definitely not on that scale. Um, I'm still psyched about it. I'm still excited. Um, but I, and, and I could go door to door and that wouldn't cost any money and that wouldn't require paperwork filing with the board of elections. It wouldn't require that. Um, if I wanted to do that. Okay. Okay. Now I want to coach you. Am I allowed to coach you? Absolutely. Go right ahead. So what I would like you to do is, and and you don't need to do this right this very second while we're recording, but if you have a try, if you draw a triangle on a piece of paper, And the top, that's your goal. Your goal is to be elected. And and you need to sit with that. You need to to really like own, yeah, that is what I want. That is really what I want. And then draw a line down the middle of your triangle. And on the left, those are the things that you can control. Those are the things that you can do. I can put up another sign in my yard. I can go door to door. I can do whatever it is that you can do for free. I can set up a phone tree. I can, I can do all these things. I can put up flyers. Those are all of the things that you think you can actually do and you think will work. And then the other side is blank because that's the stuff you can't control. And so you oh. can you can decide that's God or the universe meeting you halfway. That's the people who already like you and know you telling other people that it's all of the stuff that you can't control. But okay. what I don't want is November to come around and you wish you had done the things kind of percolating in the back of your brain. So get them all out on paper. And, and make a plan of attack of and, and calendar in probably. If you have ideas that you want to do, give yourself deadlines, put it on the calendar. And then you've got a checklist of how you will, quote unquote, not campaign because you're not campaigning. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but, but you know already, you can't anticipate at all what anybody else is going to do. You can only do what you can do and, and trust in God or the universe to meet you halfway. I just wrote all of that down so that I wouldn't forget it. Although I could always re-listen to the podcast as well. But yeah, 
I, I jotted that. Okay. So I will do that. Thank you for that. And those ideas. Yeah, because I don't want November to come and then wish that I had done A, B, or C right. either. I don't want that. No. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this in Zoom. So I will send you um, our Zoom recording also because we're recording ahead of time and this isn't going to come out until October and it's August right now. So I want you to have the dates. <laughs> Because, because I love you. And then also, I want to point out what makes you such a great coaching client is okay. you just said out loud, I will do these things. And, and that's why it worked, Beth. That's why it worked. You took the time to do the mindset work. And then together, we worked on the action steps. And then you did the work. And then... I'm a little mind boggled that it was only four weeks that we actually worked together because then you took those action steps and consistently did them for three mm-hmm. years <laughs> Yeah, to get yeah. you to where you are now. So that said, it's not like we didn't chat in, uh, I, I feel connected to you. So, <laughs> so oh, it's not like it was sure. radio silence for the past three years, but <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have checked in. I've emailed. And like you said, we did touch base uh, about the codependency that I was wondering about. And that was helpful. So helpful. Do you feel resolved in that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yes. I I feel comfortable and I feel less worried. Um, That was one of the things that kind of had to do with my daughter, too. I didn't want to be a person who she had to consider my feelings before she made a decision. I want her to consider her feelings and her goals. I don't want her to consider me for that, for those kind of things. And I, I don't want anybody to consider me first. Like, I don't want somebody to have a decision and say, well, is this going to upset her? Mm. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that's cheering for people. Yeah. You know, and, and I was just worried about my, my, um, how big I was in other people's lives. But then too, to realize, I think other people are thinking about me way more often than what they actually are. And I think that's true for everyone. Yeah. Everyone worries so much. Yeah. But everyone's really just worried about themselves. <laughs> they're not yeah. thinking about you as much as you think they are. <laughs> yeah. So there's it's, a little it's very reality. humbling. It's very humbling when you realize that. Like, huh, I could actually just poof, disappear. <laughs> and, 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 and and not that you don't fine. make a difference or a matter because you do. You absolutely do. Right. Right. But just not to the degree that you imagine, you know? So, yeah. 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 I had that realization. um, So, I I think you're right that that idea and that thought percolates often as, as as you age and grow and mature. But when my grandpa died, I vividly remember driving away from the assisted living facility where he had just died and the world was still like, like people were still driving and, and yeah. And and like all these people are like, don't you get it? Like grandpa just died, but they don't like, it means nothing where in Mm -hmm. my world, my world with my people, this was earth shattering. Um, Yes. Yeah. 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 I get that. The, the scale of it is big to you. Mm-hmm. The scale of it to the traffic lights were still turning 
green, red, and yellow yeah. didn't matter to them. Yeah. 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 And, and also when it comes, especially for women, and I'm only going to speak for women because I don't understand boy brains, um, <laughs> which is actually really funny because um, in, in your relationship part, when I said something like, what's in the way of where you want to be, you wrote in stupid boys. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But but what holds us back a lot of times for being vulnerable, for stepping into the light and for putting our ideas out is the fear of looking stupid and the fear of being judged. And women in particular hold themselves back like, oh, well, I'm too fat to go get on camera and go do that right now. Or mm-hmm. people are, are going to think my butt is too big or maybe this is last year's style and not this year's. And so they're going to judge me for it. And real people, not people on the internet, not people in tabloid and us weekly, real people do not judge others that way. And and don't let that fear hold you back. Um, Yeah. 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 That's all right. Okay. I'm going to let you go. I think you're (laughs) great. Well, actually I'm going to, stop recording. So I'm going to sign off, but then you stay on because I just want to tell you how great you are. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Slow down society. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Beth, for sharing your story. Um, I think you're great. I think you're wonderful. I think everyone who is tuning in and listening to this podcast is wonderful because you're doing something for yourself. This absolutely counts as self-care. Consider yourself loved and hugged, and I will Tune in. I I will be here next week. You tune in next week. Take care. (laughs) Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.